0: Thank you for tuning in to The Voice of Victory. Today's sermon will be brought to you by our pastor, Lord Warren. We hope that this podcast will be a help and a blessing to you. Christ's Church. This church belongs to Jesus Christ, and we're going to worship and honor Him this morning and make it clear what He does for us, and the title of the message is Christ's Church church let's pray father give me wisdom i need your wisdom to preach your word i need your power and i pray that you'll be in all that's said and done and i ask this in jesus name amen matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 it says and i say unto thee that thou art peter and upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it isn't that isn't that good to remember that verse with some of the persecution we see arising All over the country, I asked you the other day to pray for Christians in Canada. Right now there's Christians in certain provinces of Canada where the pastors are being told if they don't have people standing at the door checking vaccination cards, they can't let them into the church. How sad to keep someone out of the church of God, out of the house of God. And that's what we see going on. I asked you to pray for India. Right now in India, they're passing laws or trying to pass laws that are called anti-evangelism laws and or anti-conversion laws. Well, what that means is a Christian cannot go out and witness to a Hindu and bring them into Christianity. If that Hindu turned them in, they'd go to jail. And uh, so we are facing some persecution in our world. And even in this country, we see it happening from the government that we have in, in office right now. But I'll tell you something. Our God has promised us that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. He's made that very clear, so we're going we're gonna to trust his word and believe it. And we find here in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, it says, "...and did all drink the same spiritual rock, for they, for they drank of that spirit, spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Jesus." The rock that that Jesus is building his church on is himself. This church does not belong to me. By the way, this church does not belong to the people of Victory Baptist. This church belongs to Christ. And he allows us to enjoy it and be a part of his church. Without Christ, the church loses its relevance. We have a, a popular feeling in churches today that if we don't compromise, if we don't change, if we don't become more, more um, worldly, we're going to lose our relevance. Let, let me tell you, child of God, we'll only lose our relevance when we lose Christ Jesus. Our relevance is not based on us keeping up with the modern trends and everything that the world presses and pushes us to do in order to be woke. I'll tell you, when we follow Christ, He's our relevance, and that's what will keep the church of God relevant today. I want us to see a couple of things about our Savior. In Revelation 1.8, and I'm going to move quickly, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and and which is to come, the Almighty. He's everything. Jesus Christ is the beginning, and he's the end. And so as we look at this being Christ's church, I want to see some things that begin with the letter C that tell us what Christ is to the church, how important he is to the church. We'll look at several things that we'll, we'll uh, start with the letter C, hopefully to help us remember. The first thing I see about Jesus is that he is the creator of the church. I mentioned a minute ago, when, when we went to that verse in Matthew, he was not looking at Peter and saying, Peter, I'll build my church on you. Oh, no, no. He was saying, Peter, that means pebble. That means part of a rock. He said, your name's Peter. And upon this rock, he pointed to himself right there, I'll build my church. The church is built on Christ. Make no no mistake there. He's the creator of the church. And in that same verse of scripture, he says, upon this rock, I will build what? My church. You see, this church belongs to him. And he's the one that will build it. And so we look to him as we go into 2022, the, the, the pressure on getting this church built is not on me or on you. It's on Christ Jesus working through us as we submit and follow his will. I think the Lord were able to talk about the tons of scripture, over 2 million scriptures that were produced. Who got that done? I'll tell you who got it done. You heard him say it, Jesus Christ. He's the one that's getting it done. The church is one of three institutions that are specifically ordained by God. One of three. The other two is the home. That was the first institution. The third institution is the government. The second institution is the church. God's led many people to start many fine works, but there's three institutions that he himself has initiated, and I believe those are the three, one being of which is the church. Now, why is the church so important? We have a sort of a a push today and and a philosophy that says, you know, if you want to go to church, fine, but if you don't, it's really not all that important. You can do everything and be everything you need to be with or without the church. I beg to differ on that philosophy. Because the Bible makes it very clear that God instituted this, not preachers, not even believers that came together and said, hey, it'd be a good idea if we met every Sunday and we just sort of got together and organized. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Yeah, let's go with it. No, it was Jesus Christ that said, let me give you a good idea. We're going to start a church. And that's what Christ did. And he gave to the church two ordinances, believer's baptism. It was confirmed. That's one of the church ordinances. And the other one is the Lord's Supper. It was given to the church, not individuals, to the church to see that these ordinances are carried out. Believer's baptism was confirmed, by the way, and commanded by Christ while he was here on earth. I want want you to see some of the things that Jesus did while he walked here and he gave these to the church while he was here. The first one was believer's baptism. He confirmed that baptism was important through his own baptism. You know, that's the reason we have the baptistry up here. And after you're saved, you need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. It's given to us by Jesus himself. You say, preacher, I, you, know, you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. That's exactly right. Baptism does not save you. But if you're going to follow in Christ's steps, the first step is believer's baptism. And he gave that ordinance to the church and the churches to carry that out. He commanded this also, not only did he confirm it through his own baptism, but he commanded it before his ascension in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go ye therefore and teach all nations... What does it say? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. That's the order of the church, the ordinance of the church, to go and to win people to Christ and see them follow Christ and believers' baptism. The other ordinance is the Lord's Supper. This was instituted by Jesus Christ while he was here on earth. This isn't just something, and, and by the way, that would be enough, If he just told us in Scripture to do these things, and he does in other things, but these things he actually showed us and commanded while he walked here on the earth, and that's to do the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him. The other thing we find is that the Great Commission was given while Christ was here on earth. He gave that to the church. Was he say? Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a commission given to the church, which is, which is a called-out assembly of believers, and he gives us that commission to share the gospel. The reason we're producing Scripture isn't just, Brother Bobby said it at the end, the only witness after we're raptured that will be left, or at least for some time, is the Word of God. Now, we know about the 144,000, and we could talk about that and sure will be in our Revelation class. I encourage you to attend that if you can. But I'll tell you something, when we're raptured out of here, you know what's going to still be speaking? those bibles the printed word and let me just give you a thought real quick you say well, we don't need it printed brother bobby we've got it on all of our tech our laptops do you realize how easily that could be just taken away just like that hey they've done it in china do you realize that That in China they made it illegal and they have told like uh, Apple not to give these Bible apps and make those available. And there's been some pushback. And uh, so it's been in and out. But that's a fact. Just like that, all your Bible on all your tech could be wiped out. Gone. I like the printed word. They're going to have a hard time running every one of these books down. They're going to have a hard time. You can still hide these things. You can still, You don't have to upload them. They can stay in your, in your bedroom. And so I thank the Lord for the printed word. We find here that not only did he give us the great commission, but while he was here on earth, the Holy Ghost was sent while Christ was here. He was sent to the believers while he was here. John 20, 22 says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. You see, the church is not just a good idea. The church was God's plan. And it's the place that we ought to be. Meeting at church, church is more than a social gathering. I love social gatherings. I love getting together. We did that with family. But just because the family got together and had some turkey doesn't mean that there was a church. Hey, a church is a group of people that get together to worship and praise God. I hope you did that when you got together with your family. I hope you did. But I'll tell you something. The church is more than a social gathering. It's more than a charity house. It's more than just a place to help those in need. It's more than a building. It's more than a religious center. The church was ordained by God. He created it. Jesus created the church. God has given the church the power to carry out his ordinances. We have a mission. We have orders from God. And I believe that we've been given the power to carry out the will of God through the church. By the way, it was the church God created, Jesus did. And I believe this, I believe the church came into existence through Jesus Christ while he walked here on earth. I believe that he added to the church on the day of Pentecost. I won't argue and debate someone who believes differently, but I'll tell you something. I believe Jesus started the church while he was here. And that church grew and was added to later on. So Jesus is the creator of the church. But it's more than just that. You see, he could have created the church and said, Okay, boys, you're on your own. I, I, I've given you, I've told you what to do, and I'll see you when you come home. I'll see you when you're carried to heaven. He's more than just the creator of the church, he's the curator of the church. He's the curator. You know what a curator does? That's someone who cares for or guards. If you've got a curator, they're there on site, in person, taking care of whatever it is they're curating. That's what a curator does. And Jesus Christ is our curator. He's here with us today. He didn't just start the church and leave us. He's still here today. He's still working among us. John chapter 10 verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Acts 20 verse 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Let me tell you something. Jesus has not forgotten us. He has not forgotten us. He is not walking here physically with us today, but he's as much here as he was during the time of the disciples. You see, he's not forgotten you, child of God. The devil in the world may appear to be winning. You get that feeling, don't you? Yeah, in a lot of ways, the Bible's already told us that in the last days, it'll grow worse and worse. People will be deceived, uh, be deceiving and being deceived. We know that's going on. The Bible tells us there's going to be a great falling away. He's told us all these things. And sometimes when we begin to see these things, it can get us pretty discouraged. But let me let me encourage you about something. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 9, it talks about the church there. And and you'll see in Smyrna, the church of Smyrna. And listen what he says to them in Revelation 2, 9. He says, I know thy works and tribulation. This is a church that's going through some tribulation, the church of Smyrna, and poverty. This is a church that is not. Full of wealth, the church of Smyrna. But thou art rich, and I know. He's talking about you're rich spiritually. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Here's the church of Smyrna going through tribulation, going through poverty, and even going through attack as people are attacking them, claiming to be Christian but not. But you know what he says in this same verse? At the beginning of the verse he says, verse, uh, cha- chapter 2, verse 9, he says, I know thy works he knows what's going on he knows what's happening let's look at the church of pergamos the church of pergamos it says in revelation 2 13 i know thy works and where thou dwellest even where satan's seat is boy they were in the heart hotbed of it all you don't bet a place that was hard to minister talk to the children the, the people of god at pergamos where satan's seat is and where thou, where, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas. Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. This is a church that knew what it was like to have some of their members to give their life for the work of God. But notice what he says at the beginning. The same thing he said to the church of Smyrna, he says, "I know thy works." He knows what's going on. Don't feel alone, child of God. Don't. As we go into 2022, don't feel like it's just us. Don't feel alone. We've got Jesus Christ walking here beside us. By the way, he knows our works. He knows what you're doing. He keeps up with it. He hasn't just turned a blind eye. He knows what's going on, and he's made it cr- very clear. Christ cares for us, and he guides us. Nothing takes him by surprise. You realize that? You and I get surprised. We're like, wow, I, never, I didn't see that coming. Have you noticed things move so rapidly today, so quickly in, in life. But boom, 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 boom. And things take us by supply, surprise and blindside us. But it doesn't Jesus. He knows what's going on. He keeps up with what's going on. By the way, he's never promised to guard us from all tribulation. He has not promised that you will not enter into tribulation. Matter of fact, he promised the other you would. But he has promised to guide us through tribulation you know it's rough if you're out on some time if you were out in the remote part of africa and you were going through the jungle that would be pretty scary because you don't know where you're at or where to go but if you had a guide someone who grew up there someone who knew the jungle it would be fun wouldn't it you could endure it. oh it might get rough you might have to battle some things but you got a guide who knows where to go and where not to go, and you could enjoy that. Yeah, we've got a guide. It's going to get a little rough, but the guide knows where he's going. And the guide is Jesus Christ, and he'll take us through. Acts 14.22 says, Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. They'll be surprised by that child of God. But when things get rough, remember you're not alone. You've got a guide that if you'll look to him, you know, see, that's the way it always is. When when you've got a guide and they're taking you around, if you choose to say, no, I'm going to do it on my own, I'm not going to follow the guide. Well, you can do that if you want. But you'll probably end up in a whole lot of trouble. Well, we've got a guide. Will you listen to him? 2022, maybe you didn't listen to him a whole lot. Maybe you blazed your own trail and you may have been able to avoid some of the hardship and you did all right. I'll tell you what, you'll do a whole lot better if you stick with the guide. He's the curator, he's there with us. So, Jesus is the creator of the church, he's the curator of the church. And as we continue with this letter C, we find that Jesus is the constraint of the church. The constraint. In 2 Corinthians 5.14 it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us. What is that talking about? This is very important if we grasp it and apply it into our Christian life. The word constrain means to hold together or to hold back. What are you talking about, preacher? Jesus is our constraint. The love of God constraineth us. What does that mean? Our love of Christ should constrain us from sin. You know, I don't go out and flirt with other ladies and go and take other ladies, just me and and another lady, out to eat and spend one-on-one time with other ladies. Why is that? Because I'm afraid my wife will kill me? Well, maybe a little bit. But she, she would, she would. But I'll tell you, the main reason is because I love her. And that constrains me. That keeps me back. That makes me clear that, hey, I love this lady. I don't want to hurt her. And the love of Christ constraineth us. You know, we, uh, there's some things that I do. I, and I'm not the best at it. I'll go ahead and admit. But I, I try to let my wife know where I'm at and what I'm doing. You know, that's hard for men. We're sort of like, hey, I don't have to report. I don't have to check in. No, you don't. But because I love her and I know she likes to know where I'm at and what's going on, I try my best to keep her up up to par. Now, I'll be honest, I, when you talk with as many people as I do, you don't know how many times we have the conversation. And she'll say, I didn't know that. And I'll go, yeah, you did. I told you. She goes, you didn't tell me. I don't know who you told. You didn't tell me. <laughs> well, I know I told a lot of people. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I forget who I've told and who I haven't. But because I love her, it constrains me. I want her to know. I want to do what she would like me to do. And because we love Christ, you know why the child of God chooses not to sin? It's not because we're scared of the Lord and and we tremble in fear. No, it's because we love Him. We love Him. And if you love the Lord, you don't want to hurt Him. And if you love the Lord, you want to do your best to please Him. God will not smite you every time you sin, but He does hurt every time we sin. Mm Mm-hmm. Our love of Christ should constrain us from leaving his will. Oh, you could go do, child of God, this could be your last day in church. First Sunday in 22 and last time you show up, you say, I'll never be back. That preacher stepped on my toes. Listen, I'm not out there stepping on toes. I'm up here. The only one could step on toes is Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Don't allow this to be the last service. But let's say you do, and you choose to leave the will of God. How sad. Allow your love for him to constrain you to keep you. Well I got things that I want to do and places I want to be. Hey listen there is nothing better than to be in the middle of God's will. It's the greatest place on earth wherever that is. Wherever God takes you if you're in his will you're in the greatest place on earth. Jesus is the creator of the church. He's the curator of the church. He's the constraint of the church. And the next thing we see is that he is the commander of the church. He's our commander-in-chief. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 1, please. Let's turn over there in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. The Bible says this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places? Talking about Jesus. This is where Jesus is. Verse 21, far above all principality. I want you to notice how many times you see that word all. All. And power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world is, that is to come. Hey, do you know where Christ is? He's above all of that. That's our commander. Verse 22, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You know who our commander-in-chief is? It's Jesus Christ. He's our commander. And by the way, a good commander leads. He doesn't drive his soldiers. A good commander doesn't say, okay, boys, get on out there. It's hot. Get the job done. I'll be here when you get back. Tell me about it. No, a good commander leads. I remember uh, from history, Thomas J. Jackson, Stonewall Jackson, a Confederate general during the Civil War. He was implored by Lee to to wait in the back. He said, "You know, I, I can't afford to lose you. I need you to stay toward the back." And Jackson said this. He said, "It's real hard to lead from the back. You know, I think the Lord, we've got a God that leads from the front. He takes the initial lead. You know, another thing about a good commander's a good commander is that he leads from the front, but also he loves his soldiers." You know, we're involved in a spiritual warfare. Not against flesh and blood, but a spiritual warfare. Our commander-in-chief loves us. You know how we know that? Because he gave himself for us. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Our commander loves us. Our commander cares about us. You know me. I love Civil War history. I love studying it. And right up here in Murfreesboro at the Battle of Stones Rivers, a huge battle that took place right around Christmas time, by the way. And it took place there. And there was a general by the name of John C. Beckenridge. And his boys were from Kentucky. And he was from Kentucky. And they were known as the Orphan Brigade because the, they could not go back home once the, the the war started. They couldn't go back to Kentucky. And so, uh, because obviously the battle had moved on down into Tennessee. And they were known as the Orphan Brigade. And in the battle right up here at Stones River, he lost a lot of his guys. He called them his boys. He lost a lot of them. And as he was looking at the casualties, he began to weep. He began to weep and he began to make the statement. He said, my poor orphans. You know, that was a man that loved his men. I tell you what, we've got a commander that loves us. He loves us. He cares for us gives he gives himself for his soldiers Ephesians 5:25 even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it George Washington when he was at the uh, right before when he was crossing the Potomac when he was I'm sorry crossing the Delaware to fight the Hessian soldiers right around Christmas time once again and you know that, that battle was well known. But right before that, his men were getting ready to leave because their, their time had expired. And George Washington, in order to encourage him to stay, paid money out of his own pocket. They had not been paid in a long time. And he paid money out of his own pocket in order to get those men to stay. And later they won that great victory. One of the first victories we won during the Revolution. You know, that's what a commander does. He gives of himself. And thank the Lord, our Savior has given of himself. He didn't just give some golden, golden coins. He didn't give some dollars. You know what he gave? He gave his own blood. He gave his life for us. So we have a commander that, that is commands the church. A soldier, by the way, a soldier should follow commands. John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. John fifteen 14, You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. As we think about the new year, let's think about Christ's church. You see, this church was created by Christ. The church, uh, Jesus is the curator of the church. He's the constraint of the church. He's the commander of the church. And the next thing I want us to see is he's the conqueror of the church. Look in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. Not far from Ephesians where we were at just a moment ago. But in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. We're talking about Christ Jesus. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, our Savior, he is the conqueror of the church. You know, I just reread earlier out of Matthew, what did he promise for the church? That the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, have you ever seen a pair of gates attack anybody? Do gates go around when you're on the offense? Do you carry gates with you? No. Gates represent that you're on the defense. So if the church is prevailing over the gates of hell, are we on the defense or are we on the offense? We're on the offense. We we are attacking child of God. And by the way, we're on the offense today. The church of God is triumphant and marching on. And people are being saved and people's lives are being changed because that's the Jesus we serve. He is a conqueror. You know, Christ, though, is not the typical conqueror. Most conquerors in history have been very uh, extravagant, very arrogant, full of pride, full of themselves, had a great Sunday school lesson in the college and career course. I sat in there today and Brother Jonathan Everhart was talking and he used a lot of history and he talked about Alexander the Great and and some of these men of the past. You know what a lot of those, almost all of them had in common? They were full of themselves. <laughs> They were full of their self. Boy, they was all about them. They even considered themselves to be some type of God. We find that most conquerors were that way, but not our conqueror. If you'll look in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, that's where we just were. It says, and being found in fashion as a man, he what? Humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That doesn't sound like a conqueror, does it? To humble yourself and die? That's not how a conqueror wins. A conqueror in history is one that kills the enemy. Not one that dies, no. But we find that our conqueror, through his death, conquered the enemy. You know, the devil thought he had him. The devil thought he was winning. But our conqueror conquered the devil and conquered death and conquered sin when he gave his life. It's amazing what our Savior did. Hey, child of God, let me encourage you. You're on the winning side. Don't switch teams. Hey, we're on the winning side. Don't quit now. Don't give up. There's too much at stake. Your family's at stake. Your children are at stake. You know one of the reasons that we have Victory Baptist Church? The reason that you're a Christian today, most likely, unless you're a first-generation Christian, most people in here are probably second, third, fourth-generation Christians. The reason that you're a Christian today, if that's your testimony, is because someone before you didn't quit. Someone before you stayed on the court. They didn't leave the field. They stayed in the battle. And if you're going to give that to the next generation, don't quit. Don't give up. Hey, we're on the winning side. And Jesus, who is the, the lead of the church, is the conqueror. Jesus is the creator of the church, the curator, the constraint, the commander, and the conqueror of the church. Next thing I want us to see as we finish up this evening is that Jesus is the cure of the church. He's the cure. Preacher, 2021 was rough. Uh, I've got a lot of things going on in my mind and in my life and even in my emotions. And, and I, it, there's some things, I'll just tell you, preacher, there's some things really messed up in my life. Or maybe you'd even admit, I'm messed up. You're just messed up yourself and, and you just don't know which way to go and you don't know what to do. And, and things are, are really confusing to you. Let me tell you something, we've got a cure. There's a cure. You don't have to stay that way. You don't have to continue that way. There's a cure, and Jesus is the cure you're looking for. You say, well, I already know about Jesus. No, there's a big difference between knowing about Him and knowing Him. You know, I know, a lot, I know there's a lot of medicines out there. I know they're available. But if I need one and I never take it, it's not going to help me a bit. Romans 5, 6 through 9 says, For when we, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died... For the ungodly, that's me, that's you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That's the cure. We've got the cure. You know, it would be sad if a doctor had the cure to all cancer. I mean, he had it. He figured it out. And he never told anybody. And he never distributed it. And he never got it out to the public. Well, I think that's a man that deserved to be put in prison. I think that, that's diabolical. That's, that's, that's evil. Hey, listen, child of God, we've got the cure. Who are we giving it to? Are we just using it for us? Keeping it for our four and no more? Or are we trying to get the cure out to a world that doesn't have any idea it's available? Oh, they're religious. They've got an understanding, but they don't understand how to take the medicine. They don't understand that it's available and that it's free. So many people out there are working to try to get this medicine that Jesus Christ gives free of charge. So many people are out there trying to find it through so many different ways. Listen, Christ saves and Christ satisfies Isaiah 45, 22, look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. You know, the church must distribute the cure. As we go into 2022, not just Brother Bobby McGillard as he goes out in evangelism, not just Brother Bobby Lamont as they print scripture, not just a pastor or somebody else. Hey, listen, every one of us need to be distributing the cure called Jesus Christ. We've got to get it to your, the people you work with, the people that you call a friend. You know what a friend does? A friend takes care of their friend, don't they? If you got someone that's your friend and you knew something was harming them or that you could do something to help them, you would not be their friend if you didn't do what you could, right? That's what friends do. Well, you're a child of God. And if you've got a friend that does not know your Savior or has been confused by some false religion, it's your job to give them the cure. To share the cure with them. Well, preacher, I've talked to them, and, and they're not interested. Well, they're not interested today, but they might be interested tomorrow. And in between that time, just keep praying. Keep praying. Lord, open the door. Lord, get, show me show me when to speak. Show me what to do. Show me what to say. I know for a fact that God will. He'll lead you, and he'll use you, and he'll help you to get the cure to them. Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. As we're in 2022... This is not Lloyd Warren's church. This is not the members of Victory Baptist Church. This is Christ's church. He's the one that did it all. And I like that thought because I know he'll do it right. I know he'll lead us right. Why? Because he's the creator of the church. He's the curator of the church. We're not alone. As you go into 2020, you may not have a lot of family you may not have a lot of people that you can... By the way, let me just say this. If you here, if you attend here at Victory Baptist Church, listen, you've got a lot of people that are your friends. Yeah, you're not alone, whether we're blood kin or not. Hey, we're kin through Jesus Christ if you're saved. So number one, don't lose sight of that. Oh, I'm all alone. No, sir, you've got a lot of friends here, a lot of friends. Well, I just started here. It doesn't matter. You've got a lot of friends. You just hadn't met them all yet. Yeah, get to know them. They'll be your friend. But you know, more than that, we've got Christ. He's our curator. He's still here with us. He didn't just save us and send us on our way. He saved us and then he said, okay, now let me show you where you walk and what you do and how you live. And he leads us through. He's the curator. He's also our constraint. He's the constraint of the church. Listen, I choose not to do a lot of things, not because of some type of fear, but because of a love that I have for my Savior. Because I know what he tells me is right. And I know if he says, Lord, that'll hurt you, I can trust him. That's going to hurt me. I don't want to do that. And if he says, hey, I don't want you to do that. Yes, Father, I don't want to do it because that'll hurt you. So I don't want to do it. Hey, listen, let him be our constraint as we go into 2022. You know, one of the things that'll help you when when you're tempted and you got temptation coming at you and you're thinking, should I, should I not? Oh, I'd like to, but I probably shouldn't. If you'd stop for a second and go, okay, here's what I've got. This sin or Jesus? Which do I love more? Boy, that'll put it in perspective on it. Okay, I'm I'm tempted to go this way or to choose Jesus. Which do I love more? Boy, that put the pressure on. That'll help you to see what's at stake and it can help you to make the right decision. Jesus is our constraint, He's our commander. Praise the Lord, we don't have to trust Washington, (laughs) we don't even have to trust the State House. Hey, I I pray for our elected officials, and I support them, but I'll tell you something, that's not where I get my confidence from. That's not where I get my my feeling of security from, who's in the White House. My feeling of security comes from Jesus Christ, my Commander-in-Chief. Listen, He's our Commander. He's our conqueror. He's the conqueror of the church. Did you know that this war has already been won? You realize that? It was won at Calvary. We're going to win it someday. Hey, no, he already won it. We're just mopping up. We're just cleaning up. Yeah, the enemy is in full retreat. You say, it certainly doesn't feel like it, preacher. Certainly doesn't look like it. Well, you know, any enemy that has been beaten in any war, they don't realize it for quite some time. And they continue to fight on and fight on. And, uh, and they do a lot of damage while they're fighting on. But the war already been won. The war is already over. Christ won the war. We're just continuing to bring in those for his kingdom. By the way, Jesus is the cure of the church. Let me ask you, what is it you're looking for? What is it you need? What you need, whether you have an answer to that or not, I'll tell you what the answer is. The answer is Christ Jesus. say, well, I already know him, but then you need more of him. Well, I've been saved for years. Well, it's time to get back close to him again. You see, the answer is Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. And the more you get with, of him, and the closer you get to him, rather, is what I should say, the closer you get to him, hey, the more you'll realize you've got everything you need. Everything you need is found in him. That's why children of God can have joy right in the middle of tribulation and trouble. Because our our joy is not uh, based on happenstance, happenings. Our joy is not based on the external. Our joy is based on the eternal. And that's Christ Jesus and the internal that's in us. So we looked at these C's. These C's that represent Christ. You know, child of God, I want to state this clearly. As we go into 2022, this is Christ's church. Victory Baptist Church belongs to Him. Everything we do revolves around him. When we have questions, we'll go to his book and get answers. When we're not sure, we'll look to him in prayer, Lord, lead us. It's Christ's church. This is Christ. By the way, if not only is this his church, but you know if you're saved, you belong to him too. Yeah. Your life is his. And there's no greater life that could be lived.